Hey, Geeks and Geekettes, Lysmith and Retinax 5 here. Do you know all the ways you can geek out with Geekin'? You can search for Geekin' Podcast and Blog on iTunes and the Stitcher app. You can always visit the blog for direct podcast download, post to our forum, and talk on the on-site chat room. And as always, you can find Geekin' Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. And now, on with the show. Hey, Geeks and Geekettes, this is Lysmith. And I'm Retinax 5, and you're listening to the Geekin' Podcast. Welcome to Geekin' on San Diego Comic-Con, Marvel Edition, recorded live on July 28th, 2014. Lots of news coming out of Marvel this week. Lots of news coming out of everybody this week. Comic-Con is just a bonanza of news stories. And um, we're going to do a couple podcasts to sort of try and, you know, get a, not a consensus, but sort of cover all the news that's sort of interesting to us. Uh... On today's podcast, uh, we're going to cover the Marvel news, uh, and that includes the publishing, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the actual comic part of Comic-Con, <laughs> uh, film, TV as well. Uh, I think we all, might also have some gaming news, but I'm not sure about that. Um, but uh, then what we're going to do fairly soon, probably within the next couple of days, also do one covering DC. Uh, and then uh, we'll probably do sort of the last podcast in the series. Everything's trilogies nowadays, so we'll do a trilogy of podcasts. Uh, and that'll sort of pick up the non-Marvel, non-DC news. There was a ton of a ton of news at Comic-Con, not just related to Marvel and DC. A lot of other movie studios that were there, uh, some independent comics as well. So this will be the first of three hopefully awesome podcasts. I have to ask, did you actually follow any of the coverage coming out of there over the weekend as it happened? Um, I was actually out of town when it was going on. My, my, my wife and I were actually visiting um, Oklahoma, your neck of the woods, uh, oh, vis- visiting family up there. But this is where Twitter was just wonderful because I was following a lot of it on Twitter. Um, all the way down to William Shatner was all yeah. over Comic-Con. And his uh, strange obsession with the cast of Supernatural, which is very odd. It really, all of those CW shows. I, th- I, I think he might be a little out of their age range of what the CW normally is looking for, but he's apparently watching all the shows and tweeting with all of the cast members. Oh, yeah. He's, he's all over it. When, um, what was it, uh, Starcrossed was on, he was very upset when, that, when he heard that was getting canceled. He's all over the CW. It's very funny. Hmm. And yet, the one show, one of two shows, he, he hasn't tweeted about uh, Arrow that I'm too familiar with. I haven't heard about that. And then, of course, I also watch Rain, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, not my proudest thing. It's a, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. But uh, anyways, yeah, that's what, where Twitter came in really handy for me. I could always just jump on my phone and read the updates there. And then at the end of the night, I'd, I'd jump online and go to a few uh, news websites uh, just to sort of see what was going on. Uh, t- uh, today has sort of been my day to sort of catch up on the actual news where I can actually read more than just a paragraph or a, or a blur, but actually read some of the more in, you know, in detail coverage. What about you? Were you uh, hooked on every single word that was coming out of San Diego? Yeah, this is where Twitter was the bane of my existence. Um, 
<laughs> during the the actual Marvel panel, I actually had to turn my phone off because it was going off constantly. It was going off so often it was stopped giving me notifications for individual ones and just said things like, you have four new messages. Really? Yeah. And I mean, it was going off constantly, just buzz, 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 buzz. And so I had to turn off and, and put it away because uh, everybody I follow was tweeting things, and then everybody who wasn't tweeting things was retweeting things. <laughs> so I was getting some of the same things like four times. Was that actually your personal Twitter or the podcast Twitter? Because I know you're the one who manages the Geekin podcast Twitter as well. So were you was that just all the people that Geekin follows or that you follow? Or do you combine them both? And get all of them at, on your on your own phone. That's just the Geekin. I have uh, the Geekin stuff come to my phone. I, I'm on the Geekin Twitter account 24 seven. Wow. <laughs> I, I barely even use my personal one anymore because I, I'm always on the Geekin one. So and that comes straight to my phone. I have it set up for mobile alerts and I, people I'm interested in and, and people I talk to a lot. I have come straight to my phone. So yeah. So yeah, you uh, you are all over Twitter. It seems like uh, because I follow. Geekin on my personal Twitter account, and I'm seeing you constantly post. You, I was a bit concerned, not to sidetrack, we will get into the Marvel news, but you uh, retweeted or sent a retweet to, um, oh, what's her name? That girl on the Disney show, Sam and Cat. Because uh, you did a retweet for a follow, I think. Ah, what was her name? What was, I don't remember now. I retweet a lot of you things. You do retweet a lot of things. <laughs> Uh, as, as a teenage Disney actress who's on um, – I know because I spent a lot of time with my, my – both my daughter and my niece this weekend, and they both are huge fans of, uh, of her. Um, oh, boy. Give me one second. I have no – I don't even remember doing it. I don't know. Who was it? It had to have been something oh, geeky really. It was Jeanette it. McCurdy. It was Jeanette McCurdy. I saw Geekin send, retweet something from her that was retweet for a follow. Oh yeah, a bunch of my, a bunch of the other people I talked to were doing it, and I was like, oh sure, why not? Let's okay, I it. just was like, I'm not sure I really want Jeanette McCurdy following the podcast. <laughs> we have to have, that is, a, that is... we have to have a certain level of geekiness <laughs> to follow our podcast, and I'm not sure some some little Disney girl is really what we want. I forgot about that. That is a that is totally selfish. That's a <laughs> um, a ploy to get new followers. Exactly what that was. I noticed that when I follow people who are verified and they follow back, mm-hmm. we get more followers. Well, my concern is with Jeanette, with Jeanette McCurdy, we're either going to get 12-year-old girls or 55-year-old creepy men because those seem to be the two people who follow her. <laughs> you know what? As long as they're retweeting me, I don't oh, care. All right. There we go. <laughs> so anyways, we'll get, let's get back to Marvel here. But Let's get back to Marvel. I, I do want to say really, really, really quick, uh, did you see that Colton Hayes – Tweeted us? I did. That was pretty awesome. I, right? I mean, what, three minutes, and my mom calls me and goes, oh, my God, have you looked at Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, my dad gets his gets Colton his tweets to his phone. <laughs> so he <laughs> looked at his phone, he goes, uh... <laughs> uh that's, that, that's our boy's geeking page that he just tweeted to. <laughs> that's right. My mom's so proud. It's like... <laughs> That's great. Well, of course, the next step is to ask him to appear on the podcast. Since you guys are tight now on Twitter, yeah, we're we're BFFs. Yeah, you're BFFs for life. So, but yeah, that that's awesome. I mean, um, I've been retweeted a couple of times on my personal account. Edward James almost uh, tweeted with me once or twice. He's really nice. He's very friendly. Very nice. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, that's one of the great things about Twitter. I mean, this weekend showed 
the social networking aspect of Twitter where you get sort of instantaneous news from people on the ground in San Diego. You know, you're not having to wait for websites to update it. You're finding out information as it's coming out. That's a great aspect of Twitter. The other aspect of Twitter is that it does sort of bring people a little closer together. I mean, you get a chance to say something. It's not serious. You guys aren't, you know, aren't BFFs, but it's kind of cool when you can actually directly contact somebody who you're a fan of and let them know how much you enjoy their work. And it's really cool to get uh, a response from them, you know, showing that they also, you know, use Twitter to sort of keep in contact with their fans. That's, um, you know, we hear all the stuff that Twitter is bad and people OD on Twitter and all this sort of stuff. You know, those this weekend sort of showed the good side of, of Twitter, sort of the social networking and the sort of connections with, with between creators and fans. So, yeah, Twitter... Twitter was very important this weekend for me to sort of stay in contact with what was going on. And I definitely saw that you had quite the weekend on Twitter. Oh, yeah. It was uh, – like you said, it's a great tool, and I I think it's amazing all the time how accessible people make themselves on Twitter. People that you never thought you'd actually get to interact with make themselves so accessible on Twitter. And to to bring it back around to Marvel, they were doing a big Q&A for Guardians of the Galaxy, and I – tweeted the question and asked them what it felt like to have their own action figures. And Zoe Zaldana, who's playing Gamora, answered my question. They, they read it on the, the deal, and she actually replied to it on Twitter. So, so Lieutenant Uhura tweeted you. That's right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, she, she said this is actually her third action figure. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, we really need to get back to the Marvel news because at this point our listeners are like, these guys are just like stroking themselves over Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, you know who tweeted me? You know who tweeted me? Yeah. It's we like, have so, to talk about Kevin Feige. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're talking about stroking yourself, it's all about Kevin. Uh, anyways, yeah, we're going to start off this um, this sort of Marvel news uh, podcast, Comic-Con edition, with actually getting back to the the heart of Marvel, getting to some comic book news that came out. You know, Comic-Con has become so commercialized. The studios have come in. You know, it's, you get all these movie stars uh, showing up and doing appearances that a lot of people sort of forget or ignore the fact that, you know, this is at its core about comic books. So we're going to, you know, give proper respect to what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to be about. And we're going to start off with some comic book news Marvel-oriented comic book news that came out of this year's Comic-Con. Comic-Con really has blown up. All the, the comic book creators that I follow on Twitter have been uh, in shock today. They're like, where are all the people? Why is food reasonably priced? I don't know how that. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, like coming back from Nam or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're twitching, you know. They're like, there's, there's not people surrounding me. <laughs> I may be able to, I'm able to actually go to the bathroom and relieve myself without 27 people standing next to me. Unless they're the weird people who actually like that. But let's right, right. That. I, I, I don't follow them, I don't think. <laughs> if you do not open their twit pics. The first bit of news we have, I'm actually pretty excited about, uh, and then we're, was kind of bummed all at the same time. Um, Angela is getting her solo comic. Oh, wow, okay. I really, really hope that they keep her in Guardians of the Galaxy. I was kind of hoping for an Angela Gamora solo comic, like mm-hmm. a duo kind of thing. But um, I'm all for the solo comic. As long as they keep her in Guardians of the Galaxy on the side, we're good. Uh, Marguerite Bennett 
who is a f- fantastic writer in her own right. I'm not familiar with uh, with uh, this writer. She's she's all over the place. She does Boom Comics and IDW and Marvel and and uh, DC. Uh, she's done some uh, the Injustice comic book. She's done some Batgirl. She's done um, all kinds of stuff. Oh, that's and, great. I mean, we need more female comic book writers. So this is a uh, this is great. Absolutely. And the other writer they're pairing her with is Karen Gillan. Who we will be hearing quite a bit about in the next few minutes. Everybody's hearing about this dude. I I was a really big fan of his. I've said this a million times of uh, his journey into mystery run with Kid Loki. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then he moved on to Young Avengers and I was really excited because I liked that team. And then I hated the book. And now he's doing an image book called The Wicked – I think it's The Wicked and the Divine. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the other way, The Divine and Wicked. I don't know. But anyway, everybody's talking about it. It's supposed to be the best comic book ever, and I can't bring myself to pick it up. Mm. He's with this, It's got the same artist that was on um, Young Avengers, who I, again, bitch about constantly because she – never mind. I won't get into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We are – all for equality here at Geek, and you just bitched about Karen Gillan. Now you need to bitch about the artist. We bitch about writers and artists on this show. There is no sacred cows here. Every, Speaking I, of sacred cows, where the heck was Stanley? I don't care if he had laryngitis. Get wheel him out. Exactly. There, I'm going to go after the ultimate sacred cow of Comic Con. Get get Stanley out there. There's like seven people in America who haven't met him yet. <laughs> He's charging like a lot, like eighty something bucks for his autograph. Yep. Yeah, I did not know that. I didn't know he charged at all. He just always seems so friendly. He he's just something he's started doing recently, I guess, because to try and keep the lines down, you know, because he's I mean he's ancient, right? So he's like 172 years old. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I, chick from Young Avengers, Jamie something. All of her faces are exactly the same. She's this big two-page spread of like. I don't know, three or four dozen superheroes, and they all had the exact same face. It was the exact same character in different costumes, and it drove me nuts. And she does it all the time, and it, yeah, it makes yeah, me nuts. There's, there's a handful of artists out there who I've noticed over the years who do that, and yeah, that bothers me because I, I, it needs to be more than just muscles and spandex. Right. You know, you need to actually bring something to the table when it comes to expressions because we're trying to break the cliche that comic books are about bang and boom and all that sort of stuff. Comic books tell very complex uh, intellectual and emotional stories now. I mean, you you have really good, talented writers there. Um, You need to have artists who can express emotion and not just anger by punching tables. I mean, they need to be able to actually express, you know, show emotion in the face. So, yeah, okay, I, I understand why maybe you're not that hot on that artist. That's you need to be able to do more than just draw bodies if you're going to be a comic book artist in this day and age. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully, Marguerite Bennett can can balance out Karen Gillan. I've just he in the last year he's blown up. He's all over Marvel. He's got his fingers in all the pies. I think he's doing Iron Man now, and mm-hmm. uh, he's just all over the place. I felt like he's become so pretentious and. I started out just loving his work, and then the next project he did, I, I bailed. I couldn't hang. And um, I know what happened. You tweeted him, and he did not tweet you back. He did actually. <laughs> <laughs> you tweeted, 
you suck. And he tweeted, I know, but I'm, I have a pile of money right here, and I'm writing all these Marvel characters, so I don't care. That, that's actually pretty much the exact conversation. No. Uh, <laughs> the, the problem was in the, the last Young Avengers I read, a character comes out of the closet. But the mm. way he does it, he says he used – okay, he used to be a mutant, and uh, he absorbed other people's talents. Okay. Well, he lost his powers, but he retained everything he got from other people. And apparently, according to this book, what he got from other people was gay. Oh, it's like an illness now, like a disease that you can just – That's contract. the way I took it. I think that's the way a lot of people took it, and people asked him about it. And he replied about it on his Tumblr, but he's – he did a really good job of spending like four pages saying absolutely fucking nothing. I mean, he never actually addressed the issue. And so I tweeted him about it. I was like, clear this up for me. Is, is this guy gay or did he like absorb someone else's gayness? Why can't he just be gay? Why does there have to be a gimmick to it? Yeah. And he said, all he said was, I explained it in my Tumblr. Now, if you don't, if you, excuse me, I have to light the cigar with a hundred dollar bill. And spend some time over here with these high-class call girls. <laughs> right. And he gets all kinds of awards. I mean they're, they're getting awards from the LGBT community left and right. And I read it and was just like, I don't – I don't know. Maybe uh, it's because uh, I'm a straight white guy, but I just yeah. thought this was really handled poorly. Yeah. I mean I, I don't want to comment too, on it, too much on it. I didn't read it, but certainly just your description makes it sound more like it, something he contracted – than right. who he is. I mean, it just seems like the, the that community spent so many, so long trying to get the idea that hey, you know, we we're born this way. It's it's who we are. That just like oh, I'm choosing or I contracted this. Sort of is like pushing it back. You know, pushing the, the argument backwards that they're trying to you know move away from. They just need to go to Jesus camp and they won't be gay anymore. You know. That's yeah, like, and. I, know, I just felt it would have been handled better if he was just gay, without the explainer, you know, without the the added. It came from my mutant powers. I just felt like that was saying that it was something he caught, and you know, what if he lose all these talents? Would he stop being gay? And so from then on, we're going to question every relationship he's in, and is it legitimate? Is it real? Is it, you know, or is it just this power he's gotten from somebody? And when I asked about it, and I, I went to him, I was like, "Help me understand this." You know, I didn't. Don't feel like this came across right. Help me get to see where you're coming from. And instead, I got a kind of like, I'm just too stupid to understand. You know, I should have got it the first time. Or, or in his defense, again, I want to, I, I want to try and be fair and balanced here. You could have been the ten thousandth person who tweeted him that day, and he could have just been sort of, listen, it's on Tumblr. You know, I don't want to keep answering this question. The que it's on Tumblr. So I'm it, sure it, it, it could have just been something along those lines as well. I'm sure it was. I don't think he was actually being malicious or anything. I just kind of felt like it was an emperor's new clothes kind of thing, you know? <laughs> that so. is one hell of a segue, my friend. <laughs> the artist on the solo Angela comic book is Stephanie Haynes. Yes. Oh, okay. I was to say, that's not the segue I was looking These aren't the droid. That's not the segue I was looking for. We we I, I bitched and bitched and bitched about the half the writer and an artist from some book that we're not even talking about right now, and uh, I didn't mention the art, artist at all. I'm not familiar with her work. I don't know Stephanie Haynes. I don't know, hmm. but sure, no problem. Go for it, Stephanie. Okay. 
you'll get to know our work very well because I know you'll be reading that comic book because you like the character and absolutely uh, one half of the writing team. Yeah, <laughs> I've talked to Marguerite on on Twitter before as well, and she's an awesome person. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> this this bit of news was probably the comic book news for me that came out of the, came out of San Diego Comic Con. Uh, we all knew that when Disney purchased Star Wars, well, well Lucasfilm, you know, the whole kit and caboodle, right. that eventually. Star Wars was going to be returning to Marvel. You know, they've been at IDW for a long time, tw- over 20 years, I believe. Um, was it IDW or Dark Horse? Oh, Dark Horse. I'm sorry. Did I say IDW? I meant Dark Horse. <laughs> it's DC, Marvel, and everybody else, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> They're all the same. No, you're right. It was it was Dark Horse. Um, and uh, at San Diego, we finally had our announcements that there were going to be three titles coming out. There's going to be a, a Star Wars title, um, a Darth Vader title, and a Princess Leia title. Now, I totally I, missed the Princess Leia title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a Princess Leia title. Uh, that one is actually going to be written by um, Mark Wade. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, so, and usually most almost everything Mark Wade writes is good, so that's 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 good good sign uh i like that because star wars was one of my entry-level comics you know it was one of the first comic books that i read as a kid and the dark horse mythology had just gotten a bit too complex for me it was tied in i I mean i understood why fans loved it because they were tied in very tightly with the whole expanded universe uh of the publishing you know all the publishing uh wings you know the the real you know the non-picture books you know the novels (laughs) Um, and I get why people love that, but I can't sit down and read 5,000 Star Wars books in order to understand what's going on in the comic book. So I like the idea that sort of being rebooted, uh, this is going to be a good jumping on point for me. And just the, the little six year old in me is really happy about it, but there's something else that made me really freaking happy about it. And it's, do you want to let everyone know who's writing the main Star Wars title? Go ahead. Go ahead. It's Jason freaking Aaron. Jason freaking Aaron. Maybe one of the top five writers in the business right now. He is spectacular. Loved him since Scout. Loved him in Thor. Uh, I didn't read his Ghost Rider run. Did you read his his relatively brief Ghost Rider run? I did not, no. I heard good things about it. Um, Just spectacular writer. And there's nobody out there other than Ed Brubaker, who I trust more than Jason Aaron when it comes to, to being given something this huge. Uh, my understanding is that the comic is going to take place between uh, the first film and Empire Strikes Back. Oh, wow. So it's going to cover that period from sort of the, the, the Rebellion's first major victory to uh, the Empire Strikes Back, which takes place, you know, there's, there's, some, there's a gap in time between those two films. And it's going to sort of go, you know, fill in the blank there sort of uh, create a bridge between those two films. Um, so, yeah, I'm all over that book. And the artist for that is John Cassidy, mm-hmm. and which sounds familiar. I'm looking it up now. It just looks like uh, – how can I put this? As somebody who came into the comic book world reading licensed comics like Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Star Trek, by and large – 
they weren't they were given the B team and the C team when it came to the you know to the writers and the artists to see Jason this is a this is a, this is a this is a four star team yeah. that's being given the Star Wars comic and that gives me a lot of hope that this isn't just going to be you know your your monthly disposable comic that's based on a movie you saw or based on a TV show um it looks like Marvel is really going to work at this being a you know a comic book that's on par with X-Men and Thor and you know Captain America and Avengers. I mean they're giving it they're giving this book um, prestige, you know, a prestige team. Absolutely. Uh, John Cassidy has done uh, Astonishing X-Men, Uncanny Avengers, he's done some Batman, so top notch all the way around. Mhm. The Princess Leia book, I don't know too much about. I know that Mark Wade's attached to it. Wade, again, another he, – he's a legendary comic book writer. Oh, probably yeah. one of the premier comic book writers of the last 20, 25 years. Um, and the fact that he's stepping in and doing this book is kind of interesting because the last time I heard, wasn't he running Boom? I think so, yeah. So he's sort of stepping away from a, a, a publisher that he basically runs to come back to Marvel to write a book. Uh, so that's great. And uh, who's the writer on the Vader comic, my friend? I don't know, some asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Zack Snyder is writing the Vader comic. <laughs> David Goyer is writing the Vader comic. <laughs> Goyer. <laughs> it's more Karen Gillan because we don't have enough. Karen Gillan. We need some more. So apparently. Apparently, Fader is going to use the Force and become gay. So well, you know, know that's it, where the prequels were headed anyway. Um, oh! <laughs> I haven't been able to take Fader seriously since the prequels, so let Karen Gillan have it. I don't care. He's excited about it. He said that he's always wanted to do a villain-centered book, and now he gets to do one of the best villains ever. I read the article because hmm. I'm a glutton for punishment. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, sure, let him do it, whatever. I'm probably not going to read it anyway, so... You know, I really enjoyed Dark Horse's uh, miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of them, really, but any of the miniseries they did were great. They did a couple on Darth Maul that I thought were fantastic, and... Yeah, I, he- I heard really good things. I never heard a single bad thing about Dark Horse's Star Wars books, just as I've never really heard a bad thing about the vast majority of the Expanded Universe books that were that were being published. Uh, it's just the continuity seemed to be tied pretty tightly together yeah on a lot of the a lot of that material and i just did not have the time to sort of right. it was like okay i guess i want to read the star wars books i've got to go all the way back to heir to the empire right I read zahn's book that was published in 1994 and then i got to work my way forward 20 years it's going to take me 20 years to get to this point yeah and moving back to marvel at, right before the movies come out and moving back to uh the original trilogy mm-hmm. just makes sense i mean it's going to be great for me because I remember as a kid going into uh, used bookstores and, and even, you know, still uh, the 7-Elevens and the spinner racks and picking up the, the Star Wars comics when I was a kid. Um, they're great. They're, and they're still great to read. Uh, Marvel, I believe it was – no, it was Dark Horse actually of all things, um, published um, some omnibus. Omnibi? What would be the plural of an omnibus? Omnibuses. Omnibuses, yeah. Some omnibuses of Marvel's original Star Wars run. And they're still a lot of fun to read. I mean, it's very 1970s campy stuff. But 
it's just for me, I just love the fact that Star Wars is coming back to Marvel. And on top of that, they're giving them, by and large, um, really good uh, creative teams. I just had an idea. Mm-hmm. We had discussed previously about you having a man cave. Mm-hmm. I have an idea. You need what you need in the corner of your man cave. What do I need in the corner of my man cave? A spinner rack. Oh, I do need one of those. Just to display some of your favorite comic books on the spinner rack. Right that is corner. a great idea. I, I am going to write that down. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? That's a great idea. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh, you're, <laughs> oh thank you. <laughs> Um, one more bit of uh, – no, no, I guess we're done with comic book news, huh? That was it. That was all. All right, folks. Uh, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. Um, before we jump into the movie and TV news, small, small bit of news, teeny tiny, uh, Marvel is getting a fighting game. Now, are we talking about a video game? Here? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, like, like, like Mortal Kombat style Tekken kind of. Like uh, the one that you were going crazy about, sort of Justice Un. Um, Gods Among Us. Yeah, yeah, that one. Well, I loved that game. I still love that game. The kids and I will play, and we'll have big tournaments in the living room, the whole nine yards. I love the game. And so when I heard that Marvel was going to do one, I was like, sweet, you know, because Marvel has to always one up DC, right? So of course. they're gonna do this game, it's going to be killer, and then I watched the trailer, and it was so underwhelming. It was just so dull, and I mean, I don't like a lot of Flash and Bane, but it was like the character movements were just so stiff, and... It's Street just, Fighter stiff? Yeah, like, oh. yeah, like bad. So, I, was, I mean, just watching the trailer, I was like, this looks so boring, I don't even want to play this. Well, maybe it'll... It, Maybe it was just a poor trailer. Um, Marvel usually puts out quality products, uh, except, well, you know, their animated films really aren't that spectacular either. Yeah. Certainly when compared to DC's animated films. Exactly, yeah. So maybe this is just one of the few areas where DC does have the the, the better. You know, that Marvel's films are way better than DC's films. Usually Marvel's comics are a little better than DC's comics, but hey, DC can put out some animated films and some video games. That's right. And you know what? What's the future of this? What's the future of the uh, the industry? The animated kids watching the animated films and playing the video games. That's so right. maybe they're smart in investing in that. I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably check it out when it comes out, especially you know if I can find somebody else who has it so I can try it. And mm-hmm. but uh, there it is. If you're into that sort of thing, there it is. And I'm uh, sure you just sold a, a ton of copies with that sterling review right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it came out. Trailer not good, but uh, there it is. All right. <laughs> yeah, I was we need to have intro music and exit music right there for you know the Geekin video game segment. <laughs> Geekin <Yep>. gaming. <laughs> Moving into the probably more exciting part of the podcast. Yeah, I actually was kind of more impressed by the TV news than the movie news. Yeah, there's a lot of good TV news that came out of Marvel at, at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Uh, do you want to start us off with some of the Agents of Shield news that came out? Sure, sure, sure. Let's see. Um, Reed Diamond has been cast as Daniel Whitehall, known in the com- comics as Kraken, who I'm not familiar with. I'm not either. I, I um... Kraken. That was underwhelming, wasn't it? <laughs> it yeah, was... I mean. I... <laughs> 
I'm not a hater of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I rather enjoy the show. But I have to admit that when we keep hearing from the lesser Whedons, <laughs> who are the people running the show, um, that don't worry, don't worry, we're going to be incorporating characters from the comic books into our shows, I guess apparently they mean somebody who appeared on one page in 1972. Because most of these characters they've incorporated, even the character played by, um, what's his name, the uh, comedian, uh, Peyton... Um, oh, Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt was... In, like, two issues of Avengers back in the 60s. Was he? I didn't even know that. Yeah, so it's, it's sort of odd. It's almost – it's it's kind of funny. It's like, yes, we're incorporating actual comic book characters into our show, but it's almost like a Where's Waldo version of a comic book character. Let's see. Uh, it's supposed to be a legendary uh, Hydra agent. Oh, shit. I guess we shouldn't be making fun of him. Uh, yeah, right. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even see. Like, I don't even have a picture of him on the database. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not wasting any more time on that guy. Um, I, I was at least hoping for like a uh, when he came out, like a first issue date, you know. But, but there's more. Like, there's more. There's more. Far more exciting than that. Um, let's see. Oh, 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 this was this was fun. I really enjoyed this. Uh, Bobby Morris, a.k.a. Mockingbird. Okay, who's that? Again, oh, I, I'm, really? not the Mar- I'm not the Marvel person, you know that. I grew up reading DC. <laughs> uh, Mockingbird was Marvel's answer to Black Canary, probably. Uh, she is Hawkeye's former wife. Oh, wow, it really is a ripoff of <laughs> DC. Okay, you got Green Arrow and Black Canary, okay? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you you have um, Frack. I just dropped his name. What's his name? Hawkeye. 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 Yeah, guy with an arrow. Guy with an arrow. Right, right. Purple arrow. Purple arrow. And Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm not going to judge though. I don't know who came first. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and say Black Canary. I'm pretty sure it's Black Canary, Green Arrow. Anyway, uh, Mockingbird is actually a, a kick-ass. Uh, just really awesome, strong female character. I, um, Which we need more I, of on, on the network, on, on Marvel, or really all superhero programs. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. So I'm excited for her. Uh, I, I think she's going to be a great addition to, to the team. Uh, we haven't got a cast or anything yet, but just the character, I'm really excited for. So, But we do have some casting news from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We do, and I'm actually really excited about this because I can't get enough of this uh, actress. Uh, Lucy Lawless. Yes, Zena herself. Zena um, is will be playing uh, Isabel Hartley, long-serving Shield agent. Uh, is this a comic book character as well? Not that I recognize Isabel Hartley. I'll I'll Google it real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Lucy Lawless, of course, is a, a favorite among genre fans. Uh, probably best known for Zena, uh, Warrior Princess. Uh, I have to give her her, her title. Uh, but also uh, on uh, a recurring role on Battlestar Galactica. Yes, which was awesome. Just really enjoyed her in that. And Isabel Hartley is apparently a actress slash supermodel. I swear, honey, I'm doing comic book stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> minimize. Minimize. <laughs> X out. X out. <laughs> uh... <laughs> 
Nope, looks like it's an original character for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. <laughs> Fine on Google. <laughs> Should have done that before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we might not have got around to recording. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next we have Nick Blood. Who sounds like a character. Right, yeah, they should have just went with his real name. Yeah, but this is an actor, apparently, named Nick Blood. He's playing playing... Lance Hunter. Now, Lance Hunter sounds like an actor who's playing the character of Nick Blood. (laughs) Uh, We'll be playing a mercenary as Coulson realizes he can't afford to be picky while hunting down Hydra. Really? He's a mercenary named Lance Hunter. Yeah. That's a little on the nose. <laughs> they really need to come up with a bit of a more of a magic eight ball way of coming up with character names. Let's see, he's a mercenary. He hunts people with sharp weapons. So what could we call him? Oh, we'll call him Lance Hunter. <laughs> they really should have went with Nick Blood. Yeah, yeah. Nick Blood would have been much better for a but, mercenary. But but all in all, it's still it's it's good news. I mean, we're making a little little fun of it here, but I, I enjoyed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think it's... I think next season's going to be a very interesting season, because I think it's going to be kind of in a holding pattern, because they cannot really advance the Hydra story that much, because my understanding is that Avengers is going to really play... Avengers 2 is going to play into the whole collapse of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, Hydra having run things from behind the scenes, Um We'll, we'll get to it in a little bit. There was some footage shown of Age of Ultron and a little bit of conversation with actors and, and, and the creators. Not not St. Joss himself. He had to sit out because of a, a, a recent surgery. But um, there were some comments that the characters are going to kind of be on the defensive, that people aren't really going to trust them that much because of the fallout from Captain America 2. Um, so it just makes me wonder what exactly – S.H.I.E.L.D. can't really push the story forward too much. They're sort of stuck inside this sort of S.H.I.E.L.D. not being there. They can't really resuscitate S.H.I.E.L.D. because uh, Age of Ultron doesn't come out until summer of 2015, so they'll have to have at least one full season before things get sort of put back together in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so I think this season is going to be really interesting, yeah, they're going to have to be really creative to be able to spend a season telling this story without actually pushing the story forward too much. Because at the end of the day, while we have this sort of tight continuity between the television universe and the film universe, the TV show can't do anything that's going to leave people confused who don't watch the TV show but do watch the movies. Does that make any sort of sense? It does. I think that the second season will be a lot stronger because mm-hmm. that's just the way Whedon shows go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second season is always tighter. Uh, they, they kind of find their footing towards the end of the first first season and really take off on the second. I think that they can do more than what we would, would expect because of the tight continuity, mm-hmm. and you know there could be a, a small leap in time between the show and, and the next Avengers movie. So. Um, I, I do have one question, though. Um, you, you followed uh, Comic-Con a little closer than I did. I saw a photo from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel discussion, uh-huh. and there was a fellow off to the side who had a beard who looked 
a lot like, and again, the name's forgetting me, the one who was the turncoat at the end. Ward. Ward. Is Ward actually confirmed to be a major character in season two? I mean, was that him? Was he actually at the panel? That was him, and you've got to find a better picture of him because he, he walked in with his hair all must. He's got this scraggly beard and his uh, coat on, and, and his T-shirt was a Hydra symbol. Oh, so so he is going to continue on in the series. We, I didn't read anything that absolutely confirmed that, but he was part of the panel. I do believe they will bring him back. He was very much a part of there. Um, the chick who plays Sky, Chloe, ha- had mentioned that she still – she still ships skyward, is what she said. Mm. And so, hopefully, those, there's going to be a redeeming story there. But he looked very much like a villain in the panel. It was a fun shot of him. So, mm. well, he looks all scraggly. It makes me wonder. Going along with the line that was released about Coulson realizing he can't afford to be picky while hunting down Hydra, if he's going to have to turn to Ward, and sort of Ward's going to be sort of a parolee, so to speak, somebody who's sort of paroled to work with them to sort of hunt down other Hydra agents. Or if they're going to just sort of do a Hannibal Lecter thing with him where they're going to go to the cell and pick his brain from time to time and therefore he's all scraggly and unkempt because he's in, you know, he's in some time, you know, he's in sort of the hidden jail there that we saw at the very end of the season finale. Um, so, yeah, okay, it makes me wonder. Yeah, I really had, I hadn't been wondering if that if he actually was returning to uh, the show. I hadn't heard anything one way or another, but when I saw him there, I made me think, oh, I guess he is coming back. Moving on along in TV news. This is the one that I was most excited about. This yeah. is why I said TV news sort of won me over. I am already on board with the Agent Carter uh, miniseries, I guess is what it's going is it? to be. A limited series. It's, it's basically my understanding is that they're going to play Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. without any uh, repeats and they're going to do a first half of the season and then they're going to take about a two-month break and in that two-month they're going to air Agent Carter in that time slot and then when Agent Carter is done they're going to show the second half of the season of, uh, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Very cool. Um, so I guess it's a mini-series or a limited series um, but I've already been on board. I love uh, the, the character of Peggy Carter. i, I Love the fact that it's going to be a period piece set in, I believe, the late 40s, early 50s. Um, everything I've heard about it has been just spectacular. And they had some big news about who will be directing some of the episodes of this miniseries. Uh, all of the directors from the Captain America movies, Joe Johnson and the Russo brothers, will be directing episodes. Which is awesome. I love Joe Johnson. I'm a huge fan of The Rocketeer. Uh-huh. She directed. Um, I love the first Captain America film. Uh, he's a great director. I love the fact that he's coming and directing a television project. And the Russo brothers, I was not very familiar with them before Winter Soldier, but Winter Soldier kicked all sorts of ass and was just a spectacular movie. So I, and I think they're going to direct two episodes, if I remember correctly. Uh, second and third, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm. They're getting quality, quality people to work on this project. Which isn't surprising because from what we've heard about the Netflix shows, you know they, they get they get quality people on on it. So it, it's good. It's it's just a great sign that the story that they're creating that the writers are creating is compelling enough to look, to lure 
you know, cinematic filmmakers, you know, directors of movies to say, hey, yeah, this is really good. I want to come down and direct an episode of this. It, it sort of is giving me almost like a, I don't want to say a Game of Thrones vibe in the sense of certainly the content of Game of Thrones, but the quality right. of Game of Thrones. There must be something in the writing that's making these directors say, hey, I, yeah, I'll direct, you know, I'll take minimum wage to come down and direct, you know, a TV episode or an episode of this TV show just because it looks that good. And it's probably not just the paycheck. <laughs> no, we've sort of heard Marvel's not exactly – not exact. I think it was Samuel L. Jackson who once uh, gave the uh, infamous quote, Marvel don't pay shit, <laughs> I believe was the exact quote. Which shows that this is really a, a love for the content. So, mm-hmm. so I'm really – Really excited. Uh, there was also a little bit more information from the Agent Carter panel. My understanding from when I did a little research this morning, some of the more in-depth stuff, there really wasn't a lot of information. There was a lot of hesitations, a lot of mm, uh, maybes. You know, they weren't really letting anything, any of the cats out of the bag, so to speak. Uh, for instance, we still don't know if Howard Stark is going to be on the show. We keep hearing he's going to be on the show. They haven't talked about who's cast as Howard Stark. Dominic Cooper played him. Um, in the first Captain America film, and I believe it was um, uh, Slattery, is his last name, uh, played him on the uh, Iron Man 2 film. He's the guy from Mad Men. Yeah. Whose last name is Slattery. I I can't remember his first name. I think it's probably age-wise leans closer to the Dominic Cooper character, but they have not announced whether or not Dominic Cooper himself will be playing the character but they have it does seem that mr stark is going to be on the show because somebody who's close to howard stark is going to be on the show and that is edwin jarvis who <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know where we've heard that name jarvis before yeah this is sort of uh, my understanding is this is almost marvel's answer to um alfred yeah in a lot of ways. I mean, it's Howard's butler. Uh, but in the f- few times, sort of the older comics I've read, he kind of kicks a little butt from time to time. You know, he's got guns and all sorts of things like that in a couple of the panels that I've seen. Um, I think he has sort of a spy edge to him. Uh, but he also was the inspiration for Tony's uh, version of Jarvis that we're all familiar with, the Paul Bettany right. uh software, if you will. So um, the producer said that the introduction of Edwin Jarvis is going to be uh, – his character is going to be pivotal to the miniseries or series or limited series, whatever you want to call it. And that I think the exact quote was that his character points forward to sort of the the Marvel universe that we're more familiar with. Interesting. I wonder how he'll shape things. And I just can't wait for this. I, I think it's a great idea and I'm, I'm really excited for it. So. And uh, I'm all for hit more Haley Atwell. In oh, yeah. Anything. A wonderful actress, very beautiful, and just uh, doesn't really get sort of the the roles that she should get. I mean, she's, she has that sort of old-time Hollywood look, uh, but she's also a very good actress in the, in the few things I've seen her in. So I'm sort of – I'm just glad to see her, you know, working in something that we'll see. And hopefully, you know, it'll, I'd love to see more Peggy, to be honest with you. Right. I was glad to see the little cameo we had in uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, 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 one little thing, and it does sort of go into what we're about to talk about. There have been very strong rumors that came out of San Diego Comic-Con, uh, more from sort of the on-the-floor rumors 
So nothing that came from a panel, just sort of talk that appeared on the floor, maybe somebody saying they heard somebody say something, that she may have a role in Avengers 2 Age of Ultron. Yes, I remember seeing that now. Yeah, it was apparently – oh, apparently she started it. She said that she um, was having dinner with Joss Whedon, and Joss said something about how he really wanted to work work with her and that he was going to see if he could write something uh, into Avengers 2 for her. And she made a joke about it, like, yes, please, Joss, do. You know, I'd, love, I'd love to be in Avengers. Uh, but she didn't go any further in saying whether or not she is in it or not. But she did sort of drop the line that he mentioned that he was going to try to see if he could write a little something for Peggy to appear in the Avengers sequel. That'd be awesome. Even if it was just a flashback to something, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. So moving on from movie in, or no, from TV into movie, mm-hmm. uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, I um, I was expecting something big. Uh, last year's Comic-Con sort of... How can I put this? DC stole last year's Comic-Con with the Batman versus Superman announcement. Right. It's all anybody was talking about. I was expecting Marvel to come back and do something big. Yeah. And what would be bigger than something from Avengers Age of Ultron? I was expecting something huge. I was expecting maybe a f- 15 minutes of the movie or if they weren't able to do that because of, uh, maybe they just didn't have the footage together. I was expecting a big cast surprise casting announcement, just something related to Avengers age of trying to get people psyched for this movie. Because at the moment, Batman versus Superman seems to have a lot of the buzz. Avengers age of trying is sort of like, yeah, it's Avengers. We'll go see it. But we're not, people aren't really talking about it as much as, I think people, as much as I thought they would. But there didn't really seem to be a ton of Age of Ultron news. There was something uh, announced that I think they could have handled better, that could have been huge. Um, I just remembered, uh, we got a, I guess, confirmation that Vision will be in the movie. Okay, I did hear that. Uh, I did hear that. Paul Bettany, who voices Jarvis, uh, was... And all the photo shoots and on the panel and and uh, uh, had to actually show up this time instead of just phoning it in. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but even in the big posters that they gave out, off in the corner, you see somebody in a cape floating in the background. And uh, everything points to Vision being in the movie. Okay, that's uh, that's good news at least. The rumor is that uh, Ultron creates Vision like he does in the comic books uh, and uses Jarvis to do it. See, that would be good. That would be a good tie-in. Uh, I think that could have been handled better. I think that they could have they could have really could have been exciting. I mean, it was, it's a character people have talked about wanting in the Avengers for a long time. It's different people have been rumored to be Vision. I mean, you've had Vin Diesel. You've had Clark Gregg. You've had Patton Oswalt. Everybody has been rumored to eventually become uh, the vision, and now they're actually putting him in there. I think he could have handled that better. But. Yeah, as I say, I, I heard that, but it was almost like a little tag at the end of the story. Yeah, right. Uh, Scarlett Johansson was not there because she had a bad case of pregnancy. Yeah, that happens to the best of them, you know. Yeah. Uh, Joss Whedon had knee surgery, so he wasn't there. He did send out an awesome Twitter, though. 
<laughs> That's true. He was tweeting the uh, yeah. Said he was gonna live tweet his soup and yeah. Yeah, you sent a, a picture of him uh, reading a comic book uh-huh. uh, in in bed with his knee sort of like up in a up in you know traction, uh-huh. and he said, "I'm sure my Comic Con is more fun than your Comic Con." <laughs> <laughs> Probably way less stressful for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I I was hoping they handled stuff differently and that they would make big announcements and make a big deal out of stuff because last year you had Loki show up and do his montage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this year we just really didn't get that much, less theatrics. And uh, But on the other hand, I mean, it didn't make a lot of sense for the Guardians of the Galaxy be, to be there. Their show's coming out in days. Mm-hmm. What, what were they going to talk about that they – I mean, they're going to tell you we can't talk about it because you have to go see the movie in a, a few days, a week. Um, Age of Ultron, they're still filming it. They're about to start uh, you know, pushing that movie and doing all the promo stuff for it. So they're not going to talk about it much either. So I'm not sure. The other movies are so far out, they really don't have anything. That's the thing, and, and that's it exactly. What they should have done – oh, here I am telling Marvel. You know, who's made billions of dollars? They should do. Here, here's the big thing they should have done. They've mapped out all of these dates. Tell us what the movies are. Right. Just something as simple as like, uh, just the lights go down, and then you get a PowerPoint thing of you know a date, and then the name of the movie. A date, yeah. and then the name of the movie. A date, and then the name of the movie. You saw how people went nuts when Nikki Fink put out that supposedly, you know, supposedly true DC list of yeah. what they're going to be putting out. There's no reason why Marvel couldn't – they don't have to say you know, casting or directing or stories. But if they're mapping out these dates, I'm pretty sure they got an idea of what's going to be in those dates. They could have just done that. I think that would have just – the crowd would have went nuts just to see that list of, oh, we got Captain America 3 coming out on this date. And Well, we know what date Captain America 3 is coming out. Stupid. Sorry, brain. My brain froze on that one. <laughs> it's coming out you know, same day as Superman versus uh, Batman. But anyways – um, they could have just done a list of what movies are on those dates that Marvel's already claimed. Uh, I think that alone would have sort of made Marvel's um, old Comic-Con because at that point you're getting people excited for what's coming up down the road. You know, they did a little bit, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, with Ant-Man. They did a little bit with Doctor Strange. And there was some Guardians of the Galaxy news but I just felt there wasn't that big, oh man, can you believe it? Sort of moment. Yeah. From Marvel. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of like a. Oh, by the way, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hate to say it because I, as as much as I'm a DC guy, I prefer the Marvel movies. But as we're going to discuss uh, in our next podcast, I think DC did it again. I think DC won Comic Con again by just making people excited about something down the road. I don't think anything that about Age of Ultron really got people in the hall screaming the way DC did last year with the announcement of Batman versus Superman and what as they did this year with as we'll talk about, you know, the next podcast with some footage that they showed. I think that I just was expecting something more, either something big from the Age of Ultron uh some big announcement from Age of Ultron, or at least what are those movies that they've got mapped out? Instead, yeah. they just sort of like, as you said, they're just sort of like, yeah, we're still here. Yeah, I think, I think the diff- the difference for me, I-, I think the news part that we get, DC won. 
I mean, we're talking yeah. about we're gonna be. I mean, I, th- I think I'm hearing more negative stuff about DC than Marvel. Mm-hmm. I'm not hearing anything negative coming out of Marvel, but a lot of people are upset with the DC news. So we'll talk so about. People that are at least talking about it. Exactly. Yeah. So so on this end, I think we're hearing more buzz. But if I were there, I think I'd enjoy the Marvel panels like ten times more than I would have enjoyed the DC panels. Oh yeah, I, th- I think that just comes to the fact that they got great actors who are also great personalities. They're going to be a right. lot more fun to go to those panels. But, yeah, okay. I, I see your point. Uh, moving on, Ant-Man news, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Stoll will be playing Darren Cross, who will eventually assume the role of Yellow Jacket, mm. which is another former suit of Hank Pym, the original Ant-Man. Uh, they did film a scene, apparently, specifically for Comic-Con between Paul Rudd and his name fell out of my head. Was it Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas, thank you. Uh, just for Comic Con that that uh, people seem to enjoy. I didn't get a breakdown or anything, but um, yeah, Yellow Jacket now, in the comic books was Hank Pym, and that was the the suit he used when he went crazy and hit his wife. So they've actually got a different actor. Playing yeah, that, yeah, it's, it's like um, the, from from what I gather uh, about this story is that Hank Pym is old now. This is set in present day. He's old. Mm-hmm. All of his stuff happened in the past. We may get flashbacks or something, but present day we've got um, uh, Scott Lang, uh, Paul Rudd, as Ant-Man. And then the villain will be Yellow Jacket, somebody else in one of Hank Pym's old suits. Oh, okay. And I, I think that was like completely it from the Ant-Man. Uh, oh, they, they introduced uh, Evangeline Lilly. From uh, Lost and The Hobbit. Yes. Uh, do you know who she's playing? I did before you asked. Oh, darn it. I, sh- I need to stop asking questions. <laughs> uh, Ant-Man. There we go, yeah. She will be playing... Oh, Hank Pym's daughter. That's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, Hank Pym's daughter. Uh, let me find her name. Uh, because that was actually kind of exciting to hear about, actually. Um, Hope Van Dyne. Oh, okay. I remember hearing that. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that that character name, but I just wasn't sure what the because I'm not too familiar with Ant Man. Yes, so uh, I wasn't sure what the situation was there. But yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, Van Dyne is the last name of Wasp. Oh, okay. Janet Van Dyne. So, uh, I don't know if we'll get a Janet. I don't know if we'll get to see a Wasp in the movie, but. She's canon. I mean, that's her mom. So, kind of exciting news. Um, moving right along, Guardians of the Galaxy got a small blip. Um, James Gunn and Chris Pratt, uh, who has also tweeted me on Twitter, by the way. Um, really? Both of them. Because um, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> Uh, they videoed in from London and announced uh, Guardians of the Galaxy sequel. Yeah, that surprised me. Right? I mean... I'm, I, I I sort of thought that there was a good chance that there would be a sequel simply because of how many dates they've staked out. But I guess, I don't know, I, I found this a bit underwhelming because I was sitting there thinking, yeah, let's get some dates, and that was the only one that they announced. Guardians of the Galaxy sequel. I think it's kind of a cocky move. I think it's uh, ballsy because uh, well, we are talking about 
Kevin Feige here. <laughs> I mean, we don't even know for sure that Guardians of the Galaxy is going to make money. I mean, I hope it does. I think it will. There's lots of buzz about it. Everything, everything we're seeing is saying this is going to be a great movie. People are even saying maybe even as big as Avengers. Um, but well, we don't, I have don't, heard that. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah. I, well, I'm not even the one that said it. <laughs> I was going to say, that may have been you talking to yourself one night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people are even talking about it being as big of a, as Avengers. Just the hype surrounding it is just so big. And so I, I'm sure it'll make money. I'm not saying it won't. But we haven't seen the money come in yet. So to say, yeah, we're making a sequel. <laughs> it, it was a ballsy Marvel move. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it looks like a good film. I can't wait to see it. But I would have I, – I, pardon me if you had went back a week ago – and said the only movie Marvel is going to announce at Comic-Con is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I would have slapped you in the face. Right. No way. They're going to they're gonna announce, you know, all sorts of films. they got all these dates mapped out. That's going to be their big thing. Right. It's Comic-Con, um, right? Yeah, it's Comic-Con. You know, they're, they're going to have a huge event. But the only one that we didn't know about is Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which, again, it's probably going to be a great film. Like you said, it's a ballsy move, but... You know, Kevin Feige has proved in proven in the past. He's not a humble guy when it comes to Marvel's success. He's very confident. He's very cocky. Um, and as you've also said, all the indicators are pointing toward a successful film. Uh, every you know, the reviews are starting to come in, and I think they're pretty much universally positive to varying degrees. I mean, it's not like they're all saying it's 2001 or something. But it's ranging from one of the best Marvel films to just a really entertaining summer movie. Yeah. You know, I haven't read a bad review yet. Right. All the reviews have been either somewhat positive or completely positive. Yeah. I don't know. I just I think you don't want to jinx it, you know, to sort of go ahead and come on out and say we're doing a sequel. Just wait a week. I mean, why yeah. jinx it? Because <laughs> I want a sequel, and I think this movie will do well. I just – I don't know. One other small Guardians of the Galaxy uh, announcement was that we're getting an animated cartoon. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. I mean, I saw that news. I think that's a good idea. They've had I, – I enjoyed the Avengers Assemble uh-huh. uh, cartoon. I've been uh, watching that. I um, I kind of like what they've been doing during, on their – not on their animated films, but on their animated shows. Marvel's animated films have not been that great, but they've done pretty good on their animated shows. Even the um, – the one that you sh- you turned me on to, the, the superhero... Uh, superhero Squad, wasn't it? Yeah, Superhero Squad, which is a great children's version yeah. of, of, that, of, of the Avengers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm a little surprised that they're already greenlining. They're, they're really pushing this franchise. You know, they're obviously now a, a sequel, uh, an animated series. They, they think they have something good here, which, again, just reinforces... Uh, the positive things that we've heard about this film. Uh, everyone who's seen it, and that includes the people at Marvel, are seeing this and saying, this is a goldmine. People are going to love this movie. Let's let's keep moving forward with things. Yeah, they, they seem to make it very merchandisable. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Is that a word? It is now. Okay. It is now. <laughs> I'm using it. One um, review, speaking of reviews, there was one review, I can't remember where it came from, but it made me think of you, and it said... Um, uh, Guardians of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy owes much more to Firefly than it does to Marvel. <laughs> They're saying the, the film has a very strong Firefly feel to it. Well, that's that's wonderful, and I, I'm really excited to hear that. So, and, and James and Joss have 
what we're talking about it and uh, we're in communication in the very early stages and a little bit throughout the movie. So that's that's good to know. Good to hear. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, and then this movie, this news, just the sequel and the cartoon was very exciting for us uh, Galaxians on Twitter. <laughs> Galaxians. That's, yeah, that's what we call ourselves. All right. You're a brown coat and a Galaxian. I mean, how many hats can you wear, my friend? A lot. You really want me to list them? Um, <laughs> do you follow my Galaxians on Twitter? Uh, I actually don't, but I see the ones that you retweet. Yeah, we've, we've got uh, Cam, Leo, Daniel Peak, Dan Payne, we've got Scott, and they're all huge nerds and retweet really cool stuff, so I'll have to, I'll have to make you follow them. Well, let me put out, because we love to have our on-air production meetings, <laughs> let, us, let me put this out to you. After Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, week after, two weeks after, however long it takes, how about we have some of them on the show? Hey, that'd be awesome. And we do a Guardians of the Galaxy roundtable. Yeah, that'd be great. From the Galaxians. I can be the non-Galaxian. I'll be like the Star Trek fan at the Star Wars convention, or the Star Wars fan at the Star Trek convention. <laughs> yeah. And now that I've mentioned them, maybe they'll all actually listen to the podcast, a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> That definitely will get them. Calling them that will definitely get them watching, listening to the show. Hey, we're on Stitcher now, so right, it makes right. it a lot easier. <laughs> oh, last bit of news. Uh, not even really news, just a rumor. I don't think anybody confirmed it. Uh, Doctor Strange. There was some Doctor Strange news. Um, there was some news at Comic-Con in the form of an interview that Kevin Feige gave where he said he was very excited about Doctor Strange. Uh, he said that it was going to be um, – I think he said it was the classic origin story was what the film is going to be. He also said he was excited that they were going to be delving into the supernatural and that he even said at one point it's sort of like an acid trip. Hmm. So it seems like that's going to be pretty interesting. Those were the Comic-Con news. There were some, again, floor rumors and then stuff outside of a, that came out about the same time as Comic-Con but didn't come out of Comic-Con. So we're just going to fold it in anyways uh, of some possible casting choices for The Good Doctor. The rumors are uh, Joaquin Phoenix and mm-hmm. Jared Leto. Uh, Jared Leto is just a little bit too hip for me right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, so I would rather not have Jared Leto in there. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix I think would be interesting. He is interesting. He's a little older than I think I would have gone with, but he's a, a fantastic actor, and I think he can mm-hmm. do something with the role. It's going to be a weird movie, so I'm not completely counting Jared Leto out. I mean, he could – I mean, it'd be different, but it's going to be a weird movie anyway. So, Yeah, I would rather have a Johnny Depp than a Jared Leto if they were going to go in that direction. I think Joaquin Phoenix can bring sort of the weirdness, but ground it in a little bit of – you know, humanity and make it less cartoonish, I guess, where I think oftentimes Jared Leto and uh, Johnny Depp can take it to almost an animated level to where they're almost walking cartoons. Yeah. I think Phoenix can play the weirdness, but keep it human. Uh, the disappointing bit of news out of this, because the one person I actually wanted for the role has said he's not going to be able to do it. Sherlock. Sherlock. Your, your boy, Benedict. Yeah, my boy Benedict. All the Cumber bitches are going to be upset. Yep. Said it would would be very difficult for him to do with his current schedule, is what he said. 
the guy is making like 17 movies a year. Yeah, it's something crazy. And doing Sherlock, which is basically like three movies a year, though he's doing those every few years. Uh, yeah, they just announced actually uh, season four or series four of Sherlock, which is going to also be three episodes, three two-hour episodes plus a, a special, which makes people think Christmas special because that's a big thing for British television. Doctor Who fans are very familiar with that, the yeah. Christmas specials. The Whovians. The Whovians. Um so he has four Sherlock movies because they're essentially they're movies. Uh, four Sherlock movies ahead of him. Plus, he's got several other projects that he's working on. It, he would be really good for the role, but I I completely understand uh, that there's just so much time in the day you know, <laughs> right, yeah. that he just can't be in every film. Though he's trying, but he can't be in every film. I'm going to have to sit down and write down all the the fandom names that I'm a part of because you said Hoovian and Rocket Raccoon fans are called Raccoonatics. And Raccoonatics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But I think that's it for the Marvel news. It was. Uh, let's sort of do a little bit of a wrap-up. Uh, I've sort of already given my feelings. I think that Marvel came on strong, uh, sort of a wrap-up of, of grading their Comic-Con, so to speak. I think that they came on strong in the comic book level, announcing some good titles, some strong titles. Uh, I love their TV news. I like that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is moving forward. I enjoy Lucy Lawless coming on the show. I love everything I'm hearing about Agent Carter. I mean, that's just – that's going to be my new favorite show of next year. I already know that. The movie news I found a little underwhelming. I mean, that I'll be honest with it. I mean, it's good stuff, but I just felt there was nothing that Marvel said that sort of – I don't think anybody's buzzing about anything that Marvel movie news related stuff two days after Comic-Con ended. Yeah. I think were I there to get to see it, Marvel would have won. I mean, you had almost all of the Avengers together and you got um, – Lou Ferrigno got to meet Mark. And mm-hmm. you, so you had the two Hulks getting to meet, which was cool. And uh, So I think getting to be there, I think Marvel would have been the more exciting of the two. But – uh, the afterwards, the, the news and the hype and the buzz afterwards, I think DC stole on this one. And we will be back in a couple days with our breakdown of DC's San Diego Comic Con 2014. All right, so I think that's it for this week. The kick ass music at the beginning and end of the podcast is Big Damn Heroes, and you can find out more about them at facebook.com slash Big Damn Heroes Band. And you can always hit us up at facebook.com slash geekinpodcast, and feel free to follow us at twitter.com slash geekinpodcast. And of course, the address for the blog is geekinpodcast.blogspot.com. We'll be seeing you soon.